Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am Pastor Jack King. I'm your host, and uh, it's good to be with you here this morning on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster. We're on Sunday mornings. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and all that God is doing in his glorious kingdom. We do have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that has served me very, very well over all these years. And I'm just grateful to the wonderful Lord Jesus for giving me an opportunity to share faith through talk radio and uh well, this is show number 956 today. And uh, I have uh, Ken Turner on the program with me today. He is a new pastor, or fairly new, at the Cody Church, or Cody Pentecostal Holiness Church out on Tram Road. And I just had the opportunity to go out uh, last Friday night, and uh, actually two weeks ago, to hear uh, the uh, Dixie Echoes at his church. And so, yes. again, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. So you've been there about a year and a half now. Almost a year and a yeah. half, yes. And uh, mm-hmm. for those who may not know where the Cody Church is, if you get on Tram Road at the fairgrounds, that's where most people know where it's at, and just keep on trucking. What's that, about, about uh, 15 miles? Uh, almost. Almost 15 miles, and yeah. He'd be on the left-hand side, very pretty church. Uh, grounds are kept immaculate. I go up and down that road all the time, and a uh, uh, very, very nice sanctuary. Nice congregation. I've had the opportunity over the years, because I don't live very far from there, to go down and worship with some of the other pastors that's pastored there. And I always enjoyed your, your congregation. So how are things going after about a year and a half? Well, things are going well. We're enjoying the blessings of God. He's been very good to us. The people are lovely. Um, and we're still getting to know one another. Mm-hmm. Now, you, uh, in your life not too distant from this, you lived in a bigger city, I, I would think. Yes. And so you, now you're living in a country. Um, yes. How's that going? That's a good way to put it. <laughs> We're living, yes, in a very rural area. Yes, you are. It's, I don't guess I've been surrounded by so many trees in all my life. <laughs> but it's beautiful country. It is. And uh, Rolling hills, it's beautiful. Yeah, and Tram Road, is, is, is the good thing about Tram Road, it's busy during the daytime, but at night, there's just not much happening. Very quiet. Very quiet. Yes. And if you like quiet, it's a good place to be. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, how did you end up coming to the Cody Church? If I understand, you came down from North Carolina. That's true. I was uh, in uh, my last home port was uh, in Moorhead City on the coast of North Carolina, Atlantic Beach, Beaufort. Um, I was there. I was a chaplain in a hospital. I'd been a chaplain for about 22 years right? and I retired uh-huh. and during that um, those thoughts of being retired I, I felt the urge to get back into the pulpit uh-huh. before I was a hospital chaplain I was a pastor okay. for about 20 years in the Church of God of Prophecy. So this, this 20, 20 year thing seems to be <laughs> yeah. 20, 20, yeah. 20. So we figure you'll be a Cody for about 20 years. Well, let's see what God has for that. <laughs> I'd like longevity. That's good. Okay. So you mentioned the Church of God of Prophecy. Yeah. So that was where you, you came out of the Church of God of Prophecy to go into the chaplainship with PH? Uh, Yes. Okay. That's true. Uh, I was in the Church of God of Prophecy until 96, and that's when I became a hospital chaplain and moved over into a Pentecostal holiness church. Now, there had to have been a reason for that. Or, or you just started attending a Pentecostal Holiness Church, right? Okay, yeah. So yeah. you didn't have to be no. to be a hospital chaplain. No, you didn't have to declare some denomination, right? No. Okay. Well, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I did. I had to declare one, and uh, I, I was already studying and had um, uh, received my credentials, but. I was just now beginning to get hooked up with a hospital back home. Okay. And uh, that's when we began attending this uh, Pentecostal church. I became part of their um, um, music uh, team, their praise team, their choir. Okay. I taught Bible st- study and I was also a counselor. Wow. So I did counseling for them. So you're just so, an all around guy here. So we just <laughs> came on board and it was a good a good fit, so we stayed there. So you're also a musical guy. I, I play a little bit, yeah. What do you play? I play a little guitar and a little piano. Okay. 
All right. But now, did you do that at your church? Are you the musician? Uh, no. No? No. I play a little guitar uh-huh. uh, at the church for some tunes that perhaps our musicians aren't familiar with. Okay. And then when I have to, I'll play piano a little bit. Okay. Now, one thing I learned about the, 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 piano, or the guitar. Yes. Now, this happened back at our church here, at the Open Bible Church, where I'm the pastor. We had a pretty good... Uh, music group I mean as far as I'm talking about the, the singers and the players I had a piano and an organist and they did a pretty good job and then I had a guy come up from the middle of the state Florida okay and I wanted to just come up and just just tweak our situation and so uh, uh, I had a young man he was just starting to attend our church and he played a um, uh, Still, uh, not still guitar, but uh, electric guitar, and he was he he liked to do the rock and roll thing, you know, uh-huh. you know? and that didn't really fit in too well. But anyway, I'm sitting there one night on the front pew, and this guy was up there. He was talking to my musicians, and he and I told him, I said, "Don't be nice." I said, "Just just tell us what the way it is." And he said, and he was playing the guitar, and, and while my pianist and the organist were playing, and he told me something I did not know. He said, "I'm the bridge." Uh, and I'd never heard that term before, but he said the, the guitar is the bridge between the piano and the organist. And when he played that guitar, it was amazing how it transformed our music. Yeah. So I got this young man sitting on the front pew, and he's just watching this whole thing. And I knew he played this, that, that electric guitar, but I said to him, I said, I just turned around to him. I said, can you play that guitar? And he said, sure. So I put him up there on the stage, and he played that guitar, and it was amazing. And then he and he stayed in our church for a long time and played the guitar, and next to he was the, the bridge. So you're the bridge, my brother. <laughs> now, do you have an organist in the church? I have an organist and I have a pianist. Uh-huh. Um, and so you're playing the guitar while they're they're they're, they're no, playing. No, no. Normally, when I'm playing the guitar, it's just me playing the guitar. I see. Well, I just dropped a, an idea in your head, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> Because the thing about it is, now you are in a situation, being in a, in a rural setting. You have the, you have a very very nice facility there. And actually, I've seen it yeah. just in the, in the sanctuary beautiful. the other night. A beautiful sanctuary, and uh, you're looking to uh, draw people from that area. And of course, uh, whenever from we Tallahassee and Monticello, yeah, and, and it's, it's not a far drive. Yeah, no, you no. can be from in Tallahassee, especially on a Sunday morning. You can be from, from especially on the uh, what the east south side, side. yes, yeah, south side or east side of Tallahassee. You can be at your church in 20, 20 minutes, ten fifteen. You think so? Yes. Okay, and and Monticello. So what I'm saying is that uh, uh, music is important to people, yeah, and everybody kind of has their taste and, and things, sure. And so uh, to have a a good pianist and a good organist, a good guitar player, has some great music and come out and hear a good worship service or hear a good message. I think that's a sell. So what you need to do, tell them where to, how to find a church. Well, yeah, what I usually tell people when I give them the address, which is 3812 Tram Road, Monticello, but when I say Monticello, right. people think Monticello. Yeah, that's right. So I usually say we're three miles west of Wasissa. Okay. On Tram Road. But you're only about a mile or less than a mile from the county line. That's right. Yeah. A mile from the Leon Jefferson County line. Yeah, so you're just barely in Jefferson County and like I said, 10, 15 minutes, and I'm taking your word now <laughs> uh, to get down there. If you were like on the east side of Tallahassee, if you headed down US 27 to what, uh, you, would you go uh, W.W. Kelly? That's right. And then just come right on up to uh, Tram Road and take oh, a left, and you would, you'd be right there. Yeah. What time is your service to start on Sunday mornings? Uh, Sunday morning, we begin uh, Sunday school at 10, and we begin our morning worship at 11. Okay. Well, uh, this is your invitation. Go out and visit with them. Please do. I'm sure you would enjoy the worship experience. Now, let's kind of get to know you a little bit. Uh, we've already found out that you were a chaplain, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and you were in the Church of God for a while. Our Church of God of Prophecy. Yeah, and I, I have friends at Church of God of Prophecy. I know all about that and, uh, and uh, all that sort of thing. But how long, have you always been saved? Have you always been a believer? Well, when we were talking about the guitar, Okay. The guitar and my uh, salvation experience came about the same time. Okay. I was 14. All right. And I was attending a, a revival service in the uh, Church of God of Prophecy. My mom was attending at that time and um, found myself in an altar praying, giving my heart to God and just enjoying every moment of it. And then following that experience, um, the pastor who sort of mentored me, 
um, was a guitar player, and he was one of those old guitar players in uh-huh. these old churches where he stood up there every Sunday morning by the pulpit playing his guitar. Uh-huh. And he said, I want you to learn how to play. So my dad bought me a little K guitar, and then the pastor positioned me in the choir loft to sit behind <laughs> him. And he said, you watch me and do what I do. There you go. And that's how I learned to play the guitar. And, and it worked that way. It did. So you never took, quote, a lesson. No. No. Just just watching, observing him. That's right. Now, did he show you a few pointers? Like, here, your frets and that oh, yeah. type of thing? And then, oh, yeah. He did that. And yeah. my dad had some friends. He was a uh, he had several jobs. One of his jobs was a fireman. And so he had some country friends who would come from time to time and teach me some tricks. That sounds like fun. Now, okay, at 14, but yeah. now had you been in church previous to that? Yeah. Yeah. I had grew up on the on the church pew. There you go. Now you you was you weren't a preacher's kid, or you? No, no. Grand grandpappy's kid. Okay, he so, was a preacher. So your grand your grandfather or yeah. grandpappy? Yeah, he was the pastor. Was he the pastor of the church that you attended? No, he was a pastor of a Pentecostal Free Will Baptist Church. Okay. You know, and I am familiar with that organization too. <laughs> That's kind of predominantly North Carolina area, North Carolina, yeah. Eastern North Carolina. Okay, and so so you're going to Grandpappy's church, and uh, so you're there. You're like my kids were. <laughs> they, they they stretch out on those pews. Yeah, <laughs> and that's right. As a matter of fact, I front had a, pew though. Front pew. Yeah. All right. Uh, I had a pastor friend tell me one time. He said, "Look, he says a lot of people don't want pews in their churches nowadays." But he said, "I think pews are great because that way you can <laughs> kids you can bring them and just <laughs> let them stretch out there and and, and go to sleep." And uh, my son, who's now a youth pastor, he he grew up laying on his his mama's lap was his pillow. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he was. I mean, he was prepared. He came to church on Sunday night. He knew he was going to be end up going to sleep, so he just stretch out and get, lay on his, lay his head on his mother's leg there, and then next thing you know, he'd be gone. <laughs> and, but yeah, but but you're there. Yeah, and and something's got to rub off sooner or later. Yeah. So, that, but what happened at fourteen? What was it? Just a revival service? Just a revival? Just a revival service? And I can't tell you what the sermon was about. Uh-huh. I just knew I had to do something uh-huh. uh, in the altar that night and just finally accept Christ as my Savior. Well, did you, uh, by any chance, just kind of assume that maybe you were before? Um, no, not really. Um, I didn't, but I was um, I was brought up in that era uh-huh. so that I knew how to behave, or what I was ex- how I was expected right. to behave uh, as a young man. Um, you know, parents that were that kept me on my toes. Right. Um, so uh, I just hadn't made a commitment uh, to Christ. The thing about it is that the the born again experience is a very spiritual thing. Very. And I don't know that everybody always realizes that or not. It's not just something that one day I made up my mind to do. It is really the activity of God. Yes. And and uh, it's a profound thing that happens when somebody they're they're just they become spiritually aware. Their 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 eyes, their heart just begins to be aware of what's going on around them that that God's involved in their life. It, it, that, that, it that's a great way to put it. Yeah. That you become spiritually aware. And what helps you to, to pick up on that? And that's what I enjoy about the local church so much is that you got a group of people around you who love you and support you and are sharing their spiritual experience Amen. with you. Yeah. So they're just yeah. uh, sh- showing you how to get along in Christ in this newfound experience. Well, unfortunately, I think one of the reasons why we lose people so so frequently or maybe, anyway, to say if it's just an emotional thing, it doesn't have the, the life longevity. But when it's a spiritual thing, yeah. It's hard to walk away from that when, right. when, when God has really done something in his life. And it's interesting enough in the third chapter of John, where, of course, Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night and that whole exchange takes place. What Nicodemus wanted to know about was the miracles. He said, How did you do the miracles? He didn't ask him how to be born again or how to get saved. He says, How do you do the miracles? Yeah. And then Jesus said, And it's amazing. And I, I've preached on that so many times about how that he said that that you have to be born again. And then a few verses down, he says, Nicodemus, he says, you are a leader of the Jews and you don't know this. Yeah. Like, if you don't realize that this is a spiritual thing, he said, what are you teaching the people? Yeah. (laughs) I just find that to be fascinating. Yeah. So at 14, 
You had that spiritual experience. That's right. And so, okay. Uh, and I'm assuming you were still in high school at the time. Y- yes, I was. And uh, I, and I just continued with that. Um, I really uh, took an interest in music, mm-hmm. uh, guitar, and singing as well, all of that. And um, was doing that at school and moving along uh, in our church programs and our camping programs and all of those things. I, uh, took part of and then went off to college okay. after that. Uh, Where'd you go to college? I went to our church school called Tomlinson College in um, Cleveland, Tennessee, and really? got my degree there in music and theology. In Cleveland, there. Tennessee. That seems to be a popular place for that sort of thing. <laughs> so now this was, uh, you were still with Church Got a Province. That's correct, yeah. And so they had a Bible college in Cleveland, Tennessee. Yeah. Is it still existing? No. 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 Okay. It left about 20-some years ago. And of course, for the, for the radio audience, the reason why I'm, I'm so intrigued about Cleveland, Tennessee is because of the big Bible, Lee Bible College. Being oh, that's there. right. Yeah. yeah. And so, that's where I got my seminary degree. Is that right? Just yeah. kind of went next door, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> and it is such a popular school and doing so well. And uh, yeah, and so okay, so you went to to Bible college. Did you go four years? Four years. Okay, and then yeah. what happened? Did you became a pastor. Well, I, well, I joined the Navy in okay. the middle of it, and uh, did familiar. my tour in, in the Navy as a, <laughs> in the submarine force, and then came out uh, of that and got married, and then finished school. Now, now, when you were in the Navy, were mm-hmm. you able to live your faith? I did. I took my guitar with me. Is that right? I was always playing, uh, playing up on the uh, on deck and. Playing Playing up in the in the sail and so forth, um, it got kind of crimpy there. I we was have small that. racks. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Submarines. <laughs> it was a, now uh, explain to the radio audience when you say the rack. You're not oh, talking I'm about sorry. a place to yeah. put your guitar. No, no, no. That was my bed. <laughs> right. Little old bed. Little old, you know, two foot by six foot, uh, maybe. Right. And, and then because uh, of the navy, you call it your rack. That's right. But I, I, when you said you took your guitar down there in the sub, submarine, I'm thinking I'm surprised they even let you. Oh yeah. <laughs> because uh, I mean, there's so. Oh, we had a room. musical submarine. Our Is commander it? played the. Uh, uh, the French horn. Okay, well, when you're down there, you got to have something to keep you occupied. <laughs> so, and the thing about it is that you can. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's funny. I was in Bible college in Cincinnati, Ohio, and left there to win the Navy. Same same thing as you talked about. And I lived my faith in the Navy. And uh, I grew a beard when I was in the Navy. And, of course, the guys, did you? <laughs> they all called me rabbi. <laughs> and, of course, when you are living your faith in that type of environment, you better live it. That's right. Because they will call you on it. They will call you on it. <laughs> and when, you, when you, you slip up and do something wrong, yeah. oh, boy, they could be unmerciful. That's right. <laughs> to you. Right. But when they need something, when, That's right. when they're going through a crisis. Yeah. They saw. They also pick up on that too. Yes, yes. Uh, and they'll, you, you, they're drawn to you because right. of your faith or my faith in trusting in God for right. my life and what's going on with this guy. Maybe he has something that I need, and so they'll come to. Uh, they would come, and we would talk about mm-hmm. spiritual things and what they were needing help with, and uh, that kind of thing. So right. it, was, it was a it was a great experience. A lot of times you're you're in a place where you're kind of off by yourself, somewhere yeah. and and they're you know they're they have their uh, they want to keep face, yeah, and so sometimes it's very private. But you get that opportunity to, to share right. faith and and to help them through. That's times. right. And of course, uh, were, you, were you married when you were in the navy? No, no. But a lot of the guys are, mm-hmm. and and that's a tough situation if they're out at sea for a long time. Their wives are back at home. There's a lot of dynamics involved in that, and and uh, they do need spiritual help. And there's chaplains there, and we don't take anything away from them. But a lot of times, finding somebody that they see is living it. That's right. Then all of a sudden, uh, you, you know, they may make fun of you to everybody else. <laughs> They'll come to you. I think that's great. I really yeah. do. Now, so you got married after the Navy. That's correct. Now, was she from the Bible College? or uh, no, 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 no. She was from my hometown. Okay. Yeah. Now, did you know her before you were in the Navy? Or? Yeah. So, yeah. childhood sweetheart. Well, no? Uh, just acquaintances. Okay. But somewhere, were, somewhere along the line, it became more than an acquaintance. <laughs> How'd that happen? Oh, yeah. Well, it just happened. You know, boy meets girl, girl meets boy, and, <laughs> and things happen. Well, know. by this time, you were older. I mean, you weren't yeah. like, like just out of high school. Right. And you'd had the Navy experience. And entertaining, joining, uh, becoming part of the ministry at that point, which was scary to her parents. 
Why is that? Well, you know, you, what kind of job is that? <laughs> to be a pastor? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's one that doesn't pay very well. I, That's I right. I tell you that. <laughs> You better you better have something on the side for most of us. That's correct. And, uh, yeah. and so uh, after you uh, got out of the Navy, did you go back to school? or I went to uh, finish school and I um, began pastoring. I pastored a small church and then another church and and it went went like that. So. And all of these churches got a prophecy? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, and, 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 and for about twenty years now, I was a, I was a evangelist for our state conference for okay. about a year and a half, and then um, through things happening, my bishop asked me to uh, pastor a church, and I did, and continued to pastor after that. So you started out as an evangelist. I did, and then, uh, and when you say for your state conference, that's basically the churches are recommending that that you bring this person in to minister to your congregation. That's right. And so that kept you busy. Very, and, very busy. Every now, week. Now, did you like that? I enjoyed it. Did you? Oh, yes, I enjoyed now, it. And, and were you married at that time? Yes. Now, how did that work with having a family? Oh, that was that. It was fine. It worked well. Uh, we got along well. My wife got pregnant during that time, of course, and that was fun. And we were traveling around in a um, – we traveled around in a travel trailer, uh-huh. actually, going from place to place so that we could have our own place and feel more comfortable and more at home. And oh, that yeah, worked, absolutely, yeah. Worked, worked really yeah. well. So yeah, Staying in somebody else's home may be okay. Yeah. For a little bit, I couldn't preach worth a flip, <laughs> um, but I could sing, oh. and my wife and I could sing. So we did all of that, and uh, uh, I did a lot of uh, choirs and things like that. Put those things together uh-huh. for our conference, and uh, so they would call me for that for yeah. that reason for musical ability. So did your wife sing? Yes. And yeah. does she play anything? Yeah, no, no. So the two of you made a pretty good combo. Yeah. Uh, you playing a guitar, singing. She's singing with you. But now, uh, uh, while you're doing the evangelistic work, you had a child? Yes, we had one. Yes. Okay, now did that change the dynamics of the traveling? No, as a matter of fact, our child uh, actually um, slept under those, uh, not pews, but chairs. Okay. Under their, <laughs> while I was pretty, yeah. which I thought was pretty. Well, they, pretty they'll, they'll grow out of that, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, we yeah. were. I was out of the evangelist right. work in a year and a well, half. Because see, I've known uh, evangelist, yeah. and I've t- I've talked to him about that lifestyle and, yeah. and what that's like. Constantly being on the road. Same thing with gospel singers. These these people. I say this all the time when I talk about it on the on the music show and this show. That's not a necessarily a glamorous life. Oh, no, no, you know, no, when no, they're, no. And, uh, Mike Matician, who sings with a group called uh, Last Generation. He told me, he says, if everybody, if it was just being up on the platform, everybody would want to do it. But is it when you're out there underneath that bus <laughs> or, That's or, right. or all the other stuff that goes with it? Yeah. He said, it's a whole different world. That's right. And of course, now, the evangelist, you would generally go and maybe be there for three or four days. Or uh, weeks. Weeks. Yeah. A yeah. week or more. So, so you, you're traveling would be, okay, we're going to make a trip. Then we're going to set up and we're going to stay there for a while. Yep. Whereas a gospel singer, there's there something gone. different just about every night. Yep. And they're That's constantly right. on the road, constantly traveling. So there's a different dynamic with that. And I think it, what you've described here would be easier for a family. But then you have to deal with schools. Now, of course, your, your child wasn't old enough at that point to worry about the educational part of That's it. That's right. But if you had stayed in it, would you have homeschooled? Or had, had you even thought about that? I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't got to that wouldn't, point yet. Wouldn't, don't know what would have happened. Yeah. No. Okay. But to me, it's just fascinating. So, yeah. So then your bishop asked you to take a church. Yeah. And was it a... a no, it was a little church out in the swamps of eastern North Carolina. Swamps? Very small. And, uh, but the Lord blessed us. We were able to grow. And uh, then I was asked... Now, we were appointed way back okay. yonder. Okay. Uh, so I was there for um, I don't know, a couple of years, and he moved me to a big city, okay. Winston-Salem, North Carolina, right. a lot larger church, and and it just went. We went on from there. So, so coming back to the country, that's how it kind of seems familiar to you. Oh yeah, <laughs> because you know the thing about it is that not everybody can transcend from being in a in a city church and come into a rural church. That's right, because it's not necessarily the same. And, no. and you have to learn people are people. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a different culture. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you're a person who just cannot adapt, you may not do well in that church. That's right. But if you can understand, hey, uh, let me figure this out. It, uh, there comes that point in your life. So, well, look, 
I don't understand it all, but I'll try my best to understand who you are, your your perspective of things, and and we'll work through this thing. But if you're not willing to do that, they can cause them some stress. Yeah, it certainly can. Yeah, for everyone uh, on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the membership and your family as well. Right, right. That's, a, that's something you got to give a lot of thought to and a lot of prayer to. One of the things that Brother Turner and I agreed with before we started the radio broadcast is that pastoring is not always easy. <laughs> and and especially if you've, if you've never done it, you may think you know what it's all about, but, but uh, no. <laughs> the only thing that's easy in the pastoral life for me is standing up on Sunday morning preaching the right, gospel. Right, right. That's the easy part. Yeah. Everything else is um, it's tough work. You have to you have to work your way through it, and and uh, um, like I say, and then you're dealing with people and personalities, uh, all of those things that's involved in, in in dealing with the human element. That's right. <laughs> so you, you like I say, you got to figure it out. It's you either love Jesus or you don't. <laughs> so after you you took the bigger church in Winston Salem, yeah. yeah. Then how long were you there? Oh, about five years. And then what? Another church in another area. Just, you know, things just progressed upward. And, okay. Um, we were kind of in the demand kind of thing. So it was enjoyable. Uh-huh. I enjoyed pastoring. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a great thing to reach out to people, to find out how to get folks interested in the gospel and see them come in. And then you get them to grow in their spiritual lives. It's just a tremendous, it was always a tremendous thing for me. So that was very big into that. I wanted people to understand who Christ was and, and what God expected from them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Great things for so, them. So when your uh, bishop would come to you and say, uh, 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 Brother Turner, I want you to leave this church and go to another church. Did you ever have a time where you said, oh, no, no, no. I, I love this church. I want to stay here. I don't want to go. Oh, sure. And, but but you, ha- but you did you have to do it? Or? Yeah. In other words, in, in that particular uh, denomination, that, there that was time, no. Right, yeah. Okay, so they said, you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the people would say, no, 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 no. We don't want to lose our pastor. They said, well, we'll bring you another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, uh, thankfully, they've changed uh, quite a bit from those times back there now. So so now it's more of a call. There's more of a call. Yeah. 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 So so the, the reality, like I've been pastoring the same church now for 40, almost 41 years. That's would have been rare in, in yeah, very in, rare at, the, at that time, yeah. and it's all it's pretty rare anyway. You don't generally find pastors that stays this long, but you know I've always been waiting for God to move me, and He just hasn't for whatever reason. But at the same time, it's helped me to get established in the in the city, and of course doing the radio broadcast and these things, and and so there's there's value in that as well as such. But somewhere along the line. You begin to feel God leading you into the chaplaincy. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, doing some volunteer chaplaincy work in one of my, uh, in the last church I was a pastor at, and um, I felt like that's where God wanted me to be, to come alongside those who are ill, those who are sick, those who are dying, and try to sh- uh, share the gospel, share faith with them to see if I could enter into their suffering uh, to help them to be able to deal with with their suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I was encouraged to, to become that, and that meant I had to go back to seminary and um, get a master's degree uh, that included pastoral care. Wow. Uh, so I did that and uh, did my first, I, I did a residency like, you know, physicians or someone else would do a, a residency for a year or so. I did my first residency in Minnesota at a hospital there. And uh, really enjoyed it while I was pastoring a church okay. there at the same time. Uh, and did that, and it was in Minnesota, so it was unbelievably cold. <laughs> yes. Just cold. <laughs> uh, so as, as soon as I completed that, I came back home to North Carolina uh-huh. uh, to one of, our, uh, one of our hospitals there in uh, eastern North Carolina, Greenville, East Carolina University. Uh, now, when you went to Minnesota, yeah. were you pastoring a church got a prophecy there? I was. Okay. Um, now, was that something that you worked with the organization to say, look, we, I want to go to the school. Yes. You have a church for me here. Right. Now, I wasn't even aware that the church got a prophecy had churches in, in those parts. Oh, yeah. Is that pretty common? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, because basically a lot of the Pentecostal groups are strong in the South. Yeah. And uh, now the Open Bible Church that I'm with, our headquarters is actually in Des Moines, Iowa. 
but uh, I mean, so are we finding this to, that you've got Pentecostal churches right. even in some of the, the northern states? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know they're pretty I, well expanding. Yeah. In the West Coast, yeah. Foursquare is huge out, yeah. out in that area out there. Yeah. Okay. So you, 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 they were able to work with you and found a church there in that yeah. area so you could pastor and go to school. Because I was wondering yeah. how that worked. But well, time, that was part of the deal that yeah. if uh, I went to that. Uh, a friend of mine asked me to pastor up there and I said well this is part of the deal that I'm going to be working at the hospital okay. in a residency program for chaplains but now the school that you went to to get your masters was in Cleveland Tennessee Cleveland Tennessee so you had had I'm assuming you took a church there too so you were pastoring and going to school that's right well that makes a whole lot better <laughs> because by that time you have a family I would assume oh yeah, yeah. big family okay and how many children do you have um Currently, we have five uh, kids. Then it was three. Okay. So. Okay. Currently, do you have? Five. Okay, I got. It. <laughs> For some reason, my my brain was going back. Well, I say that kind of weird. <laughs> and something else, I didn't really just say this. It just came occur to me. Thank you for your service, uh, serving in the Navy. I always <laughs> like to honor our veterans here on the show. Uh, every uh, Veterans Day, we generally have the director from the Veterans Parade on the show. And, and of course, I'm being a veteran. I, I appreciate our veterans. So I just want to thank you for well, that. Thank you. For, for serving. Okay. So now you've, you've gone to, uh, got your master's. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you got to go do your residency. Did my residency in Minnesota. Came back home to North Carolina, where okay. it's warm, where people talk the way they're supposed to. <laughs> got it. And uh, but uh, somewhere in this, I became Pentecostal. Yeah, holiness. you talked about that. How yeah, when we moved back home, uh, we began attending since um, I didn't have a place to go, attending this Pentecostal church there at home. Okay, and they just. Um, Pulled us right in. And so the uh, pastor asked if I want to make the plunge. So I did. Uh-huh. Went and talked with their board, and I came over. And, uh, but wasn't that kind of difficult? I mean, an no. organization that you'd been with all these years to, to make a change? Uh, yeah. I, um, a lot of folks didn't understand that real well, but all my friends did, so uh-huh. it didn't really. It, it went well. It was a smooth transition right. without any kind of But uh, one thing issues. that we had talked about earlier was that in order to be a chaplain, you have to be... Minister to everyone. But, but you have to be based out of an organization, right. out of a denomination. Right. So the denom- in good standing with your local right, denomination. Right. But I know right. in the military, when we have military chaplains and open Bible, yeah. and they have to declare that they're open Bible, that they're associated. In other words, you got to be credentialed with us before you can be credentialed with them. That's right. Okay. So when you became a chaplain, were you credentialed with the Pentecostal Holiness? Pentecostal Holiness Church. And then just right on into that. That's right. served. So when you finally, after 20 years yeah. as a chaplain, you decided to retire. 22. 22 years. Yeah. And so now, because you've been with Pentecostal Holiness during these years as a chaplain, it just seemed logical to you to go say, do you all have a church for me to pastor? That's right. And so that's how you ended up at the Cody Church. That's how okay. we ended up in Florida. All right. All right. Just to let the, the audience know, this is the Gospel on the Radio broadcast, or actually the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. Ken Turner is my, Pastor Ken Turner is my guest here today. He's pastor of Cody Church, or Cody Pentecostal Holiness Church, out on Tram Road. So before we play our little gospel song here, tell them how to find you, what time your services start, and then give an invitation to come out and visit with you. Sure. Cody Pentecostal Holiness Church is located at 3812 Tram Road, and that is three miles west of Wasissa. Okay. You can find it that way. And, and and they may know where Wasissa is because that's where the swimming hole is. That's right. That's <laughs> where the Wasissa River is. And that's so. one of the coldest, I am telling you what. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King, and uh, we're on 956 shows I've done so far, and I had a lot of folks here that we've been able to talk to about their passion for ministry, and uh, just about every ministry you can think of, I think I've had them here, but perhaps maybe I haven't had you yet in what you do. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, just call me, 567-1703. We pre-record generally on Tuesday evenings. And uh, I'd love to have you to share your passion. We've got some great shows lined up for the future. I think you're going to enjoy some of them we've already done. And so uh, make sure you tune in every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 here on WTSM 97.9 for the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I want to invite you, if you don't want to make the run all the way out to Tram Road and right there on Capitol Circle, I pastor Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We're at 720 Capitol Circle Northeast. 
and love having visitors. FRCM.us is our website. And also, so you'll know that uh, this show will be on podcast, as all of our talk shows are. If you want to go to the podcast, just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee. It'll come up. You can listen to, uh, there's a lot of talk shows already on there. The daily broadcast is there as well. And after the show airs this morning, it'll be on Facebook. If you want to check Facebook, it'll be there. Give me about an hour, and we'll have that ready for you. And also, the daily broadcast, which airs on 94.1, 11 o'clock, we have those on Facebook every day and also on the podcast as well. And then the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. I do that every Saturday night on 94.1, a full hour of Southern Gospel music and a little commentary for me along the way. I think you'll enjoy that broadcast as well. So that gets you all up to date. And now we can, uh, oh, one other thing, AAA Constant Comfort. They do heating and air conditioning, and they've been helping me do this show since I started in 2002. Robin and Jim, 8939566. If you need a new unit or get the old one repaired, they are the guys to call. Brother Turner, we've been having a good time here. Kinda, oh, yeah. Kinda I've enjoyed you. You're a busy guy. Yeah. I, 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 that's the way I roll. <laughs> uh, you have to be a person that, that uh, is very familiar that there's two two o'clocks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, my my goal is to be in bed by two a.m. if if at all possible. <laughs> and so, but uh, you know, you, you you love life, and I love life, and I enjoy life. And I believe I, you and do. I'm, I'm like you. I enjoy people, and um, just trying to find my place to serve in the kingdom of God, That's as it. you are as well. And I sense your heart with all of that. And now. You have got the task now of coming into a rural setting in a little church out in the country and uh, to find the niche that's going to cause people to want to drive out from Tallahassee or uh, there in the local area. So what are your, some of your, your things? What are you thinking about? What are some of the ideas that are in your mind? Well, we're trying to find out who uh, actually is out there, who lives among us. Huh? And a uh, long time ago, some preacher said, if you find a need, find a way to fill it. Yeah. And uh, if we can do that, uh, then we'll find, we'll get people to yeah. come and be a part of us. But, uh, as a you got to have a pulse on what's happening in your community. Yeah, but as a person who's had 20 years in a chaplaincy, you know about grief. Yeah. You, you know how to deal with people who are going through grief. Yeah. Um, you know uh, the whole process of life and death. You've dealt with all of that. I have. And so you're talking about a pastor who, who generally has a shepherd's heart. You care about the needs of people. Now, I'm just thinking that if I'm listening to this broadcast today and I live out in that area, I'd want to go check that church out. I like you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, see, I have a pastor's heart, and, and I know how pastors think. And, yeah. uh, uh, and I also know that our families in America right now, we're going through a crisis of the family. That's right. And I'm not just making that up. I, I live it. I see it. And uh, families need to find a place that, where they can go and – there's somebody there that I can I can I can go talk to that's had experience in dealing with this. Now, when you were uh, working there as a chaplain hospital, is, was your wife working as well, or is she at home? Or oh, yes, she had a job elsewhere, sir. Okay, serving in real estate. Okay, so her background's a little bit different than yours, but she's been a pastor's wife. Oh yeah, and uh, I tell you something about pastor's wife is that they are genuinely unique people they are very <laughs> unique people and uh when, when my wife and i came to pastor the church that we're pastoring now she was 19 years old wow and uh we had pastored one church previous to this for five months and those people were not nice to her at all they they mm-hmm. treated her well they referred to her as just this little girl uh-huh. and what she was <laughs> But when we came here, the ladies of the church were very, very careful to treat her with respect. And they allowed her to grow in the role of being a pastor's wife. And now That's important. It, it, absolutely. And, and, and you ask the people in our church, they, they, you know, I'm just teasing now, but they say, well, if Pastor King leaves, fine, just don't take Tammy. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, well, usually uh, folks in the congregation, uh, they focus on the pastor. Yeah. They're there. They're giving him uh, the ear. They're watching. They're paying attention. 
Uh, and the wife, you know, she's just back there somewhere. But she's the one. She's the one that gets us going, that gets the pastor going, gets me going, and keeps me going. Yeah. She's the one that gives me encouragement, Absolutely. lifts me up. She knows when I'm having a good day and when I'm having a really lousy day. She's right there, <laughs> yeah. encouraged me and said, you know, that was a great sermon. Right. This one wasn't. <laughs> Okay, so she's there yeah. to be with you, and so she'd just be straight with you. Yeah, oh, very, very, very much so, and, and be, you know, give you the criticism that you need. Um, and she's the one who's going to be with you all the time. So mm-hmm. you you must a pastor must pay attention and be aware of this this wonderful gift that God has oh, given absolutely. you. Absolutely, yeah. Because the thing about it is that most wives are like, okay, say what you want about me, but don't mess with my husband <laughs> or, don't, or don't mess with my kids. Now, that's Tammy. <laughs> she, she'll let you know. But the thing is, is that uh, a, a wife, a lot of times, as you said, they're kind of in the background like this, but I guarantee you my wife knows more about what's going on in the lives of my congregation than I do. <laughs> And, and matter of fact, that's how I find out most things. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, such such thing. I said, well, I didn't know because they don't come and share things with me like they will her. Uh-huh. She just has a, a, a wonderful ability to have people just want to tell her things. And so I said, well, that's, that's good for me because as you noticed a few minutes ago, I'm kind of busy <laughs> and I'm on the move all the time. Yeah. And so uh, I have a, a pastor friend of mine, my best friend, and, and he, he pastored for a long time. And his style of ministry was he'd love to go sit down and drink coffee with people and sit. I'm not that kind of pastor. <laughs> and so you catch me on the run. And, and my congregation has learned how to do that. <laughs> and of course, you know how it is when you're pastoring. A lot of your quote ministering is done right there in the foyer. That's when, right. And people are coming and are going. They're going to share things with you, and you get a few minutes. You may even take a little time to say, "Let's, let's just pray about this right here now," even though the people all around you. And sometimes, if you're like me, if it's something really, I mean, this is really important. I'll just say, "Hey, folks." Let me have your attention a minute. We need to pray with so-and-so. And I'm sure you've done that, too. But that's that's a part of ministry. But like I say, my wife, she's she's way ahead of me on most of that sort of thing. That's a, so anyway, so you've got this responsibility now yeah. to, to try to find the niche to say, okay, people of the Cody area. And, and uh, did you know that that area is there? There's a there's a fault. No, no, that's not the right word. There, there's a section geographically that's called Cody. Are you are you familiar with this? Well, there's a couple of roads named Cody. No, no, it has nothing to do with the road. If you look on your geological surveys, no, I haven't done that. Yeah, you'll see that that Cody that's that's named. It's and I I don't know the right word. If those folks out there, you're screaming at me in Radio Land. I know you. It's this. It goes all the way over to the Tallahassee. Huh. And, and runs down toward what we call the springs. It's actually a, a, a geological section hmm. called Cody. Now, I don't know whether the church and that community came from that or not. It could be, but uh, it is. And you, you'll find it on the – and I had a geologist explain all this to me. The, well, I do enjoy researching the history. Well, there you go. You, and I haven't found that yet, well, you but will. I'll be looking. You, you'll be looking, yeah. But uh, but the thing is, that's to me, that says, okay, this is my area because you're looking at – uh, up and down Tram Road there. And then, of course, now you've got some new developments up there called uh, Walton's Corner or something up there yeah. near W.W. Kelly. W. W. Mm-hmm. A lot of new houses coming in there. Yeah, You could even extend down the Natural Bridge Road. There's a lot of neighborhoods in that area there. Down toward Woodville. Yeah, and there are people who live in them woods, I'm telling you. Well, there are. <laughs> you That's what there. they tell me. Yeah, they're out there, I guarantee you. But there's a nice area to cover. Now, there are other churches in your area as well. There's another yeah. Pentecostal Holiness Church, what, about five miles three. from you? Is there three? Yeah, one three and one five. Okay, you're yeah. talking about Brother Triangle's church over That's right. on uh, yeah. Lavinia. Okay? Yeah. So, so uh, really, when you look at the whole area, uh, you know, you, you start looking at, okay, how many people are there in the area and how many pews are there? And when you really begin to look at the two, if you if everybody in your area decided to go to church on Sunday morning, you, you wouldn't have enough pews to fill them. I would not. Yeah. Between your church, actually Brother Trans Church, you even go up to Woodrun Baptist up there, uh, uh, Capitol Heights, uh, Heart of the Bridegroom. Those are all churches in your area there. You got your Methodist church in Wasissa. 
If everybody said, okay, so this Sunday morning, like for instance, back uh, when 9-11 happened, a lot of people went to church that Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden we found out, do we have enough church? If we had a real spiritual move of God and everybody started going to church, we'd have to build more churches. So to me, that tells me that there's opportunities yeah. in any church. There's plenty of people. Yeah. We just got to, we got to, we have to help them to understand. We have to have a heart for people. Yes. Uh, yes. People that are lost, yeah. people who don't know about Christ and who need the Lord desperately. And that's so many people out right. there. Right. We just have to love them. Yeah. God loves them. Uh, he loves them that, enough that he gave his son for us to die on a cross. We need to be filled with that same kind of love that we care about that person that has whatever kind of need they have. And for every person, there's a different need. But what they really need is Lord. And if we can just love them that much, Mm -hmm. we get past all that superficial stuff, all those personalities, all of the junk that's going on out there, and just look at the heart like Christ does and just love them. And and to to meet the needs of that family. Yep. The, the moms and the dads That's and the right. things that they're dealing with. Uh, we're dealing with children. Uh, raising teenagers is no easy thing to no. do. <laughs> Grandparents <laughs> yes. raising teenagers. Yes. yes. All right. these things. That we're, if you are in, in, in living your life and you say, I'm having some struggles, then you need to be in a good church. Yes. Because you need a pastor that's and his pastor's wife that's going to care about you and going to be there. Because the thing about it is that when, when you get sick, and again, I'm talking to the radio audience here, when you get sick, who do you want standing by your bedside? Some stranger that you never met? Or, or the person that's there, sees you every Sunday, is willing to pray with you when you have a need, cares about you? I mean, wouldn't that be the person you'd want to help standing by your bedside? I think everybody would say yes to that. Oh, sure. So that's why it's so important that we be in a local church and supporting the local church. That's right. Because, you know, people sometimes think, well, somebody else will support that church. Uh, well, we hope so. <laughs> but but the thing is, is that we all have that responsibility yeah. to help keep those doors open because we know that like a few minutes ago I said, I believe there's an attack on the the uh, families. I believe there's an attack on the, just the Word of God itself. Oh, yes. And, uh, and, and small churches. A lot of small churches are struggling. And and uh, something that you mentioned earlier, and I don't know whether it's just before we went on the air or not, is that you go into a lot of our churches, especially in the rural settings, and what do you find? You find people like you and I got great, <laughs> you got got the got the white tops, <laughs> you know, and we're saying where are the young people? Yeah. Well, it goes back to the same thing. Is it when you have a crisis in your life, where do you where do you have to go if you're if you're not attending a local church as such? Okay. All right, so now we've we've taken you from the time that you got saved. You take me through a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, taking you through the chaplaincy. Now you're you're here in, at Dakota Church, and we talked a little bit about your some of your ideas and things that you want to do. You got you got some more for us there. Yeah, we can, we want to have a strong evangelism program. Okay, that's without saying right. Right. Uh, we want folks to be able to share the gospel with people around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be inhibited by this or that. Sometimes there's a lot of fear. If you've never shared your faith with someone else, uh, it can be a little Nothing like having that door slammed on you. That's right. (laughs) So we're trying to make it easy over there. Uh, And we're working on a program now, so we're hoping that'll go well. Wonderful. Yeah. Looking forward to it. So you just now launched Just now getting ready to launch that particular program. And it's called truelife.org. And uh, it's going to be great. Our folks are looking forward to it so that'll be good and we're always going to be having um, uh, gospel sings uh, out at the church we have our own fifth Sunday sing every Sunday morning with the folks in the church there okay. themselves so that's that's not a group coming in it's no that's just your the, people singing right okay. that's right but uh, about once a quarter we're going to be having groups come in like the Dixie Echoes yeah and so. you've got that beautiful sanctuary that oh, you yeah. can seat people and, and, I, and I told Jody your, your song leader there I said yeah. Look, make sure I know <laughs> you know Whenever you got gospel, got a group yeah. coming in, make sure I know in advance so I can help help you promote it on the Southern Gospel Singing. I even mentioned on this show here if it's Southern well, Gospel. Well, we appreciate that. Well, I tell the folks I said on, on the on the Saturday Night Gospel Singing, I don't make announcements for chicken dinners and things of that nature. Gospel music because it's a gospel music show, so I will only make announcements for gospel music. And, and I'm saying this to you who are out there listening: if you've got uh, gospel music happening in your church or your community, if you'll let me know. 
then we'll we'll announce it for you on the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. And, uh, and if you don't get a hold of me, which my number is 567-1703, call 94.1, Brother Doug Apple, the manager there. He'll get the information to me, and uh, we'll, we'll help you spread the word. Because I'm, you know, that's one of my passions. I love Southern Gospel music. Yeah, I so, you do. So I think that's a good thing for you, though. It because is a good it, thing. That's a good niche for your community. And uh, you'll get a lot of the regulars, but that's good because when, when a lot of the folks that uh, they were at the singing at your church, I see them at singings all the time. We <laughs> we kind of get a little club, you know. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of those there. Sure, there are. But but that's fine because that helps fill the pews up, and then but people will start coming, and it, it brings interest into your church. Anytime you can find some, bring somebody onto your property. There's nothing like good community. Yeah, and yeah. that's what yeah. happens when yeah. you get together in the name of the Lord. Yeah. So uh, I encourage you to do that, and like I say, you've got the facility there to do it. Sure. And uh, and of course, if you if you if you don't have enough parking there on the grounds, you can park across the road. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of place to park. We got lots of places yes, to park. Yes, and yeah. yeah, and you've got a nice, beautiful facility, and and uh, it sounds good. The music when the other night it, it sounded good coming out of your. Uh, were those your speakers or that was theirs? Theirs, okay. Yeah. But the acoustics and things are good. It's a good place to have a gospel singing. I encourage it and yeah. uh, like I said let me know we'll help you promote it okay we got about two minutes what else you got on your on your agenda there um, that's that's what we're doing okay. and um, we're trying to um, develop a culture of love a culture of community a culture of being relevant uh, to what's around us so that we can be in touch to know what's going on mm-hmm. if you're not if you don't know what's going on in your community you don't know where right. the hurt and pains are you don't know what people need you're not going to be very effective all, at all so we want to do that and we're trying to open ourselves up to that so okay. we're, you will seeing some we'll be seeing some more programs that reach out like that for the culture that we live in wonderful yeah i think that's great i really do well the thing about it is that we feel like we've gotten got to know you a little bit here well my goodness thank you for having <laughs> me come by you just welcomed me so much good and i don't usually give my whole life story to people <laughs> well that's one of the gifts that i have of uh, my, i find myself a lot of times when i'm not on the radio interviewing people <laughs> and my and i've had friends of mine say pastor king uh if you're done with the interview <laughs> and i don't mean to do that but it's just it's just what i do but it's it's good for people to get to know one another and i feel like this radio audience has had a chance to get to know you and i'm sure your invitation is to come out to cody church at 11, come o'clock, see us. 11 o'clock sunday morning that's right straight down tram road cross over to jefferson county you're almost there on the left hand side of the road they'd love to see you you'll love it amen well, we always close the broadcast out with prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for, for Brother Turner and mm-hmm. God, your call to him here. I pray over the Cody Church, God, that you would oh. give them great success for the gospel. Yes, Father God, we do pray for the kingdom of God, that it would grow and expand. And Father, we pray over our families. Mm-hmm. And Father, for churches all across the land, Father, just anoint those yes. pastors, Father God. And Lord, we pray for America. And Lord, we pray for the peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Turner, it's been great to have you on the show. It's been great to be here. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.